Welcome to the Fizzle Show. We've got a huge, actually, we really do have a big episode today. And the next episode is a two-parter. I'll get into that in a second. This is, of course, the Fizzle Show, the sounding board for a community of bootstrapped, gritty, gutsy folks working to earn a living doing matterful, independent work. Uh, If the Fizzle guys were rock bands, Corbett would be the Rolling Stones. Classic. Timeless. Partial to a drink or two. Caleb would be Joy Division. A deep, resonating vocal that's often underappreciated but always connects. And Chase, that's me, would be The Clash. Loud, unmistakably punk, and effing fun to listen to. That one comes to us from Fizzler Tom Ross of designcuts.com. And actually, Barrett Brooks joins us on this episode. I'll add one for him. I guess if, if we were sort of these rock bands, Barrett would be Collective Soul because uh, they're both from, from Georgia and bring a kind of radio-friendly quality to the angsty grunge era. I think I think Barrett makes it, makes it radio-friendly here a little bit, right? Uh, thanks, Tom Ross, for that one. So, big show today and and next week. This is a two-part conversation. I called the guys and said I, I wanted them to put together their top 10 best pieces of advice for bloggers. We all started out as bloggers. We have a ton of experience. I've been fortunate enough to even have some significant success in blogging. So in this show and in next week's, we're going to discuss every single one of our tips. That's, that's 40 tips and all that. It's going to be a bit like uh, the top 40. <laughs> Hello, I'm Casey Kasem, and here we are getting, I guess it's not Casey Kasem anymore. I guess it's, uh, it's what's his name from MTV. Such a stud. Anyways, there's overlap, there's arguments, stories are told, even a few new inside jokes. So uh, I really hope, I really hope you like it. And if you aren't yet, subscribe to the show in your podcast app so you'll get the next episode as soon as it's out. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 73. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Let's get into it. Uh, I was just at lunch with Mike Pacione and my friend uh, John Collins, and he's like, dude, it's such a bummer that Caleb's leaving the show. You know what you should do is you should have these little buttons that like just play soundboard yeah. a part of a wash bomb where it just it's just like all of a sudden Corbett will be talking something and it's like a clearly a break in what he's saying and you just hear is it Djibouti <laughs> which brings us to our next segment <laughs> where actually, in the world to a podcast that uses a soundboard it's actually kind of funny yeah and with the, I could do it I could do it with with the iPad pretty easily and just set it up to go into one of the inputs but uh, so maybe who knows what, what happens in the future <laughs> yeah. I think you have our audience on the edge of their seats right now. That requires that requires a bit of pr- of planning and present uh, like for this thing, which I, normally I don't I don't like to plan for. Co- like one of the I did a talk at an event called Podcast Movement, which was great, and there was uh, my talk was great. By the way, is what I'm talking about. Sure, uh, and there was uh, I did I talked to like 15 industry leading podcasters, like friends of ours who are, who have successful shows. Because this is who you know, industry leading people, just the kinds of people I pal around with. So what happened was, uh, the, one of the, my favorite answers was, I can't remember who said it, but he's like, if I can sense that there's any preparation at all in the show, like, I'm instantly bored. I'm instantly bored. If you have, like, prepared stuff, if you're not willing to, like, just kind of, like, go into this conversation, it's not, like, a real sort of, like, you know, where, like, I'm, I'm so, and this is, I feel exactly the same. In a podcast, I've become addicted to just real, honest-to-God conversation. Uh, like a like a peeking underneath how someone works or what's inside someone's mind, um, and and now it's like you know those thirty minute shows where everything's tightly edited and all this other stuff. That's not that's not for me. That's just not. I, I don't want I don't want the the equivalent of a conversation that would be had on the couch of like of like David Letterman or something like that, where it's like some quick tight get things and get out. I always leave those things going. Like I wish that I could just listen to that for four hours of just like the regular stuff, not like just all of the sound bites. So that's how I typically treat treat this show. This episode, though, you guys, very different, very different. I've asked us <laughs> each to, to we prepare each some prepared. things. Yeah, we we each went away into the woods for a weekend. Mm-hmm. I I brought mushrooms, fact. and I went and found the truth of life, the universe, and everything. I didn't and bring came back mushrooms, but it turns out the uh, canned tuna I brought had a little botulism. I think so. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I didn't take mushrooms, but I did drink the stream water, which had a similar effect, ironically. Um, and, and we're going to talk about our, our, you know, our favorite, our, our top 10 blogging tips. And Caleb, like you said earlier, before we started recording, 
you have actually 13 in case what what was it that you said again uh it's redacted actually <laughs> redacted <laughs> redacted never happened never happened um it was off the said, record yeah. yeah off the record um so anyways we, in case we, someone takes some of mine my idea for this was uh and i think my 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 hunch for this was just to see if all 10 would be would be the exactly the same uh, like for, like, each like, of us. for each of us okay let's, so let's do this like when each when somebody says one the other guys have to like say oh i had that one as well that was mine too yeah yeah that's that's the thing when we talk about you know finding your voice or one of these things that's going to come up we're each going to add our own our own perspective to it okay i if only have was, nine i hope that doesn't screw things up fucking corbett every goddamn time breaking the rules you think you're such Can a never get damn 100% out of you. hot shot nope. you think nobody else pays the price but we do. Hey, if we I do. operated at 100%, you guys would, wouldn't have anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just say that that is, uh, that is pretty much the quotable from this episode. There you go. Uh, if I operated at 100%, you guys wouldn't have anything to do. And that was blogging tip number one. <laughs> BT numero uno. Um, so, so we do have all, all four of us today. These are going to be, this is going to be the last, uh, I have a, I have a hunch that this will turn into two episodes and that, that's my, my desire. Cause I want to go deep on this and just kind of like my dream with these two episodes is kind of like what we did with the, when we did all those interviews with people on the defining your audience stuff, uh, or like, you know, I, oh, I got to figure out a better name for that. I feel like that's not what people think of when they think of like, they use the term avatar or, uh, whatever it is that, that, that the kids are using these days about like uh, getting inside your customer's head, basically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just had burp, so I had to do that twice. Um, that would be on the soundboard. Yeah, that would be on the soundboard. No, the, uh, the, you, the, know you know what I mean. You know what I mean? <laughs> Corbett also would have a, yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, yep. Actually, that's what I'm going to do. Yep. I'm going to do that. And then the soundboard, I'm just going to keep like, you have, I'm going to have one for each of you guys going like, yep. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, so I'm going to be like, what is the deal with canned tuna? Yep. Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, every time I get to the store, I can't find the right one. Uh, totally. <laughs> just kind of, I'm like, can you have one I'm, of the buttons be a pause block? I want to do, I want to do a podcast where I videotape it. And it's like those videos where the guys, fucking, they do all of the, uh, uh, like, like they'll make like a remix of a song, like a, a, a Transformers doing it version of like a, a song. What was, uh, why do I remember Transformers doing it? But I don't remember dubstep. what it was. Dubstep. <laughs> um, <laughs> dubstep version of a song with all these little drum pads. I want to do that and like have a fake conversation with all these people. Like, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I have the similar experience. Did you really? Yeah. When I was growing up, it was just like, dude, totally. And anyway, <laughs> I'd like to hear you do a whole Fizzle Show episode just with our parts being played by shit we've already said in other episodes. Yeah. And you know, I could do it. You know, that's the worst. The worst is uh, I could I could I could probably make that up, and and that's most of what our shows are, aren't aren't they at this point? Yeah, the jokes on our listeners because in <laughs> fact Caleb and I and Barrett now we've we take off every other episode. Yeah, yeah. I actually am really good at a Corbett vo- uh, voice. Like, watch here. I'll do my I'll do my version of Corbett talking uh, about about headlines. Here we go. One, two, three. So what I was thinking is that um, number one has to be in my book. That your headline, right? And I, aren't I doing a good job, you guys? <laughs> that was good. You're a little slow. A little slow. Yeah, to it, that, took, pal. it was a softball, and I, I whiffed the first time around. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, what? I, like I like I said, I, I asked us all to bring our top ten blogging tips. How stupid of a thing to say, blogging tips? Like, what is this? A, a BuzzFeed? What, what are we? What are we like? Uh, uh, what do we have the name internet marketing in our d- domain URL? Like what, what, what do we sound like when we say that? And I, and I do that kind of a little bit tongue in cheek, but a little bit honestly as a, as like an homage to like where we come from. The truth is honestly, Corbett, you started think traffic and before that free pursuits and, and other stuff. And you were a blogger and it was in this world before that was ironic. And before that was, before it was like, ironic before it was, it was, I've never felt like blogging has a stigma. And even though I don't, blog that often i still very much feel like a blogger first and foremost for some reason Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's kind of what i'm getting at in this is is really we all come from blogging everyone all all four of us um 
and and most of us is not successful, but you were kind of successful, Corbin. Uh, but like we all know what it's like to write to try to write something and publish it, and to get people to pay attention to write again, publish it, to get people to pay attention to write things that are worthy of links and clicks and discussion and sharing and all of these things to write things that are worthy of people saying like I actually really love this website. Um, so, and that's all. That's all just straight up blogging. It's like it's it's. It's this beautiful, really beautiful thing, and I get so wrapped up in the quarter, and like I guess whatever the industry or, or, or technology or, or whatever that uh, that I do kind of sense the stigma, but I don't allow, like for some reason I, there's just something so pure about it. Like I just love it so much to be able to talk to be able to try to figure out something, put it out on the web, and people like find it and pay attention and enjoy it. And you saw like the, to me the best example is like trying to install something weird and technical on my computer, and then you just find that guy who like. Is like I had this problem, and he like really quickly summarizes and lays out every single step of the thing. And you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. You hope that's you, what we're gonna do today. You find that no, well, maybe a little bit. Uh, obviously, it'll be our version, so it'll be rambly and there'll be some dick and fart jokes. But, but uh, well, which means to say that yeah, there's gonna be a lot of information, but it's also gonna be fun, kids. So, um, I I have mine in like kind of like I, I try to put mine in like almost like priority order. For me, but the challenge with this is that mm. all this stuff is happening at the same time. You know what I mean? I didn't do that, and I only have um, nine. So, uh, so I want to I want to send this over to uh, to Caleb. This is going to be like one of our last, uh, probably our last formal formal conversations with you while you're while you're still an employee of Fizzleco. Uh, so, Caleb, I want I kind of would like for you to be sort of the driver of this. Is that okay? Like you want me to go first around the circle, or you want me to give all of mine first? I, I no no no. We're gonna do. I think we should do one at a time, okay. uh, and we'll just kind of like go. Uh, you know, each person. Uh, you do. You start one, and then, or do it however you want. Frankly, but, he wants uh, you this, to drive, but he's going to tell you how. <laughs> I want you to dr- listen. I want you to he's drive. He's going to have one hand but, on the wheel from the passenger. But seat. I need you to be careful because this is a piece of art. This is an old 1965 Chevy Mustang. It's a really good car. I don't want you to ruin this thing. And I, I don't want get you- the I sense there's supposed to be some walking in there, and I got a hint now and then. But no, not a while. I just I literally was going generic. Uh, okay. What was it? It was like almost going halfway. Uh, what do you have? Uh, Woody Allen-ish. Mm. And I, like, I found myself like not really committing to anything. Yeah. I was just going like, generally Jewish? <laughs> yeah, generally. <laughs> like a, a theme on the show is me like taking my impersonations more seriously. <laughs> like trying to give them names and things. Okay, so Caleb, what do you want to do? What do you want to do first, you think? So my first one would be consistency. So, so one of the biggest problems I've had with blogging is... I'll get really amped on something and blog on a consistent basis and release podcasts on a consistent basis. And at least for my personal stuff, that's fell by the wayside a couple times. And that's one thing that I regret for my blogging stuff. Hmm. And I think that one thing we've done so really consistency well... consistency in general. Um, interesting. More like releasing consistency. So like creating things consistently and releasing them on a consistent basis so people mm-hmm. expect it. Yeah. So when you say I, I like no, I, I totally agree in that. In that, there's this. There, no matter what all these other points are, if you're not, if you if you don't keep doing it, they're not gonna. It's not gonna work. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like like there's some. There, so I think that 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 definitely makes a lot of sense. I had that one as well. Okay. So I like that. I like that first one is consistency. Uh, uh, for you, Caleb. I think I think because what it sets out is the sense that like, listen, this is gonna take time, and you have to you have to commit to doing the work. Kind of like Corbett's mom thing from last episode. So, but what are the consequences here? Because that's like one of those throwaway words, I think. Consistency. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, why do I need to be consistent? What does that mean? And how do I keep myself from falling into inconsistency? And one other question How many of you guys had that as one of yours as well, in addition to Caleb? I have, I don't have that one specifically. I have things that relate to it, uh, like, uh, but nothing, you know, I don't, I don't specific. I guess I, I take that as a, as a I don't have it as well. I, I don't have, have it either. I have that you do. One. I, I basically just said, don't stop writing because, and not even necessarily from an audience standpoint. I mean, that part's important, but when you stop writing, you get out of the habit and you get out of the flow of writing. And once you do that, it's really hard to get back into it. And there are a million reasons why you can convince yourself not to write on a given day. Mm-hmm. And once you accept those reasons one time, it's easier and easier every day. What do, you, what do you guys think inconsistency does to your ability to grow or maintain an audience? I think it kills it. Yeah, my, my first 
gut goes to the story that we have now because we've been we just you back in the day corbett just decided every tuesday you're going to publish you're going to publish a blog post every single tuesday um and that was just the public publishing schedule that you thought you're just like let's do it and so you did it and what i love so much about that now is now we look back over uh, at over 500 posts that have been written and um we're able to look at the analytics to see what was important and what wasn't, basically. To see what was well-received and what wasn't. To see what my, like, I have that, uh, that quickie instructional post on, like, my very favorite analytics report, which is search, to, so looking for the pages that are the most engaged with mm-hmm. across your site. And we would not, we could not come up with, like, an idea for a post that's going to be engaged with and then, like, try to think about how to, how to do it. We just started writing, 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 writing. And every Tuesday we're shipping. Every Tuesday we're shipping. Every Tuesday we're shipping. And now we have, 35 amazing posts that we know that that are really honest to god like engaged with heavily these are topics that are interesting these are well written people get something about this because they're spending a lot of time on those pages so um that's what i think of when i think of consistency is just this mindset of go 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 like just ship for a year just do it do it do it do it it's about the work for the first two years because you have to get in the habit of this work and then you'll figure out what was right about it and what's good about it along the way especially looking back now that you have all this stuff to see what's performing well yeah i think there's something really really valuable about that that i would never have been able to anticipate on my own yeah i'm a little bummed that i didn't have that on my list because that might be the most important tip even though it sounds cheesy I will provide one counterpoint, though. So we all have a friend named James Clear, mm-hmm. and he's written consistently for a very long time now. And I think he had been writing for, I don't know, two years on his new site. It doesn't matter how long. And he strategically said to his audience, he published a post saying, I'm going to take a month off and rejuvenate. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to go travel, take some pictures, get re-inspired, consider what I want to write about going forward. And people loved it. The comments on that post of his were incredible, Really? Of people supporting him and saying, this is awesome. We're so excited. Can't wait for you to get back. I'm going to miss your writing, but you better believe I'm going to be here when you write the next post. And that's so there great. is you know, some exceptions to it, but totally. he had already and, well, built a massive audience. And that's a very calculated thing. It's, it's much different than saying, I'm not going to write next week because I'm tired. Yeah. Yep, and you don't exactly. have a plan for how to get back on the horse. The other yep. thing is, um, we, we also, I think all of us know of certain certain bloggers who publish very inconsistently and still do okay. Like Derek Sivers, for example, you know, you get a post from him and it's been a year and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. And you look at the post and you can see there's still a thousand comments on it. So evidently that hasn't hurt his audience much. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think part of the consistency, the importance is getting to some of the other things that are probably on our list, like getting to to figure out what your voice is and what the value is and the topic and all, all of this other kind of stuff that we're probably, we should probably just jump into right away all right caleb what are we doing next well who wants to go next do i go again Uh, you're you're driving buddy (laughs) you're driving pal where do you want to go what do you want to do what do you want to see i want to hear from don't take us to in and out burger all right corbett what's the top of your list top of my list i don't these aren't in order sorry uh sounds like sounds like a sounds like a cop out i'm gonna go with don't squander your launch and um (laughs) and what i i like that as sexual innuendo (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> like a lot. Yeah, good. <laughs> hey, buddy, you gonna squander my launch or what? Hey, uh, oh you remember that one? God. Remember that one time we were together and I squandered your launch? Can't handle it, guys. I can't handle it. You can't hang. I, I couldn't walk. <laughs> I couldn't walk straight for a week. Exactly. I had to go to yoga just to be able to. Oh <laughs> just, no! Just to be able to... <laughs> <Barrett's> really. <laughs> all right, all right. Keep, okay, keep going. Keep going. Don't squander your okay, launch. So, now I can't say it. So here's here's what I mean by that. You know, in a in a startup, when if you look at getting press for a startup, there are like five or ten different events in the life of a startup that are newsworthy. Um, you know, starting the company, getting your first customer, raising venture capital, um, you know, getting to X thousands of members or subscribers or whatever. Those are like newsworthy things. With a blog, there are very few things that are going to be all that newsworthy, and a launch is one of them. But when you get to a thousand, uh, you know, subscribers or something, that's not that newsworthy because it happens all the time to a lot of different blogs. So there's very few yeah. newsworthy events in the life cycle of a blog. Yeah. And your launch is a critical time where you can build up some momentum and hopefully that momentum carries you through the first few months and, um, drives, you know, the attention that you try to get for your blog. And what I mean by that is the way that you don't squander your launch 
is by carefully planning out um, what you're going to publish, what your blog is going to be about, why it's going to be important to people, why people should care, how they're going to subscribe, planning all that stuff out, and then planning very specifically how you're going to get the word out on your site in the first week and within the mm. first couple of months um, to build that momentum and to keep things going. And if your if your site is new and interesting, that's a great opportunity to get some buzz around it, to build some buzz around it. And I think what happens to most bloggers, especially people that are just like they're not sure if blogging's for them or they're on yeah. the, they're on the fence about it, then they tend to just say, "Oh, you know what? I'm just going to like publish this thing and kind of see how it goes." And that's fine. That's one approach, but it's very hard to build sustained momentum if you kind of start out with nothing and um, build slowly. Not that it can happen, but I've just seen from our own experience, um, for example, when we launched Think Traffic or Expert Enough or even the Sparkline when we moved that over to Fizzle, each of those times we've really focused on how to build up that buzz momentum in the beginning, and it pays off, and it makes the whole project more exciting because by the time you publish your second or third post, there's a group of people that are already there because you did the work to get the word out by guest posting, um, by telling everybody you know that this thing is coming out and by having mm. all of the tools and things built in that people can use to, yeah. to subscribe. Yeah, good point. I like that. I, I Not one that I would consider uh, for that I would, like, would have thought of, but uh, uh, it's good. Not on my list. Any, on anybody else's list? Not on mine. No. All right, where to next, Caleb? All right, let's hear from Barrett now. Come on, Barrett. Give me your goods. I kind of went in order, too. So my number one tip was when you're a blogger, you're a storyteller. And what I mean by that is learning the arc of stories and how those work, no matter whether you're writing how-to content or fictional short stories on your blog, I think will help you engage your reader because it helps you take them from point A to point B, which is what everyone's trying to do when they read, whether it's enjoying a true fictional story or whether it's going from, I don't know how to do this to, I know exactly how to do this. You're helping them through that arc and understanding storytelling techniques helps with that. Was there any place in particular that you kind of picked that up? Um, you know, I think the typical one that we all study is, is Joseph Campbell's work on the hero's journey, which is a big storytelling technique. Uh, and then there was another formula that I found at one point that went like, tell an anecdote, highlight the problem, dig deeper, highlight the real problem behind the problem, tell them the solution, and then tell them the steps to uh, institute that solution in their own life. And then kind of conclude. And so it was just a basic kind of eight-step formula for saying, or five-step formula for helping someone get from A to B in an engaging way. Mm. And that really worked for me, especially early on. That's a good little formula mm. right there. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, where do you want to go? I'll go. I'll go next. Yeah, you go next. So the top of my list was was uh, voice. Uh, you know, like you know, the very first two episodes of our podcast are about finding your voice as a sort of internet or as a maker, as a, as a writer or podcaster or video maker or, or fucking jam maker or whatever. And we, and Corbett, you said in there, we're starting with this probably because it's the most important thing because voice to me is right next to like finding your voice is like, it's like, it, it's like basically getting to getting closer to self-actualization, that tip of the, of the pyramid of Maslow's, Maslow's hierarchy of needs in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so there's this real, like, sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, existential journey, th th this, this interior journey to, to this work of, of getting confident in yourself to write and, and, and quit. And, you know, it comes with, like, not comparing yourself to others as much. It comes with feeling more confident and secure in the work that you do. Because basically, we all start trying, by, we all start by trying to be someone else. You know, by like trying on other people's voices and trying, and this worked over here, so maybe I'll try some of that. And we do that subconsciously often, and it leads to burnout, artifice. Oh, it could lead to like it could lead to success in a, in, a, in an audience that you actually like really resent. You know, it could it could lead so many poor ways that that like yeah, that's neat that it's successful. Uh, there's still like for for guys like me for for broken lonely ragamuffins like me, there's still going to be this sense of like, but I don't. Even if you have success, there's this drive to like, but who? It doesn't feel like me yet, mm -hmm. and and there's nothing quite as as sexy to, to me as being able to really just go like that's what that's I meant every freaking word of that, 
and I don't care if you don't like it. Right. This isn't for you. Um, and that, I don't know, so that's like a, this real sacred journey and to, to realize that there's this, there's this process to that uh, is, is real hard. And, so, and that's one of the most rewarding things about blogging is getting closer to finding out what your true voice is and, yeah. and we, when you can inhabit that space. And I don't think it's a, a final destination. I think it's a very much a journey in, yeah. in terms of finding your voice because we all change over time. But when you feel like you're inhabiting that space once in a while, you're like, man, I wrote that thing and that felt really true and, and real and yeah. honest. That's one of the most rewarding things about blogging, not you know accolades or building an audience or earning a living or anything like that. Yeah, because it's also essential to your definition of success in some ways. You know, if success is about is, is about traffic and revenue, well, there's a lot of ways to get traffic and revenue. Like, there's a lot of you know celebrity boob pics that you can put a blog put on your blog, or like you can make up things about people that are really sensational to get a lot of people over there. And maybe you can make up products that aren't that helpful, but that you have great marketing and sales for, and and try to earn revenue that way, and hope to God nobody asks for a refund or something like that. Like, there's so many ways to get to your goal if your goal is, is success and revenue. And this voice part is is this 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 question about like, but what, what's in, what's in this little guy right here? Pointing, I'm pointing to my chest, like, mm. like, and, mm. and, and, and like kind of ruffling my little I was hair wondering where you're pointing head. on that one. Like, what's in this little guy right here? Oh, why is he so small? That little Don't guy. Don't squander oh. your launch. <laughs> Don't squander your launch. It's that part right in between. Never mind. Um, so, <laughs> so to me, that's why voice, of course, of course I'm the, I, of course that's the top for me because like, this is my journey. I've never, for the past 15 years, I've been on this quest of like, like just being someone who's so good at at just at just the innuendo, the talk, the, the just general flurry of activity that comes with communication, yep. and yet not having a hell of a lot to say most of the time, isn't that you know? Yeah, I think that's just life. Yeah. Trying to find your voice. So that that's that's, that's my, anybody else have have voice on on theirs? I had that on mine. Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't. I did not. Okay. Wow. Really? I mean, it's interesting to me to have not no voice. Wow, and I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that I went through. You're saying and like scoured. I just don't believe that. Write, That's not important. I didn't That's write not down an 50, important part. I didn't write down 50 blogging tips and then uh, call the list and organize them. <laughs> I came up with 10 that feel important You're, right now. And you just went straight to nine and said the seventh one's going to blow your mind. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay, Caleb, where'd you next? Uh, I'm going to go with one of mine, which is track stats that actually matter. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. so that can definitely change and i've written about this before back on think traffic about vanity metrics and what things you track and as you progress in your business and mature through the different stages of just writing on a blog to actually having a business yeah the stats you track change but at whatever point you're at track stats that actually matter not stats that really don't matter and i'm being so, so give us some vague right now yeah yeah why why don't be so vague um let's see so i mean things like retweets comments likes traffic stuff like that can all matter at the beginning and you just have to determine which of those things actually matter to you how many twitter files you have does that matter to you is that Mm. actually going to help you at the end of the day maybe something better than social media followers is something like email subscribers because it's a little bit harder for someone to give you their email address than for them to click like or follow on a social media platform. Mm. So you just have to figure out what metrics matter to you and track those ones and kind of just start to ignore the other ones. I like that. Uh, that, that always needs to be said because in, in, a world, in a digital world like ours where we're doing digital projects like this, uh, you can track literally anything. And the ones that Google Analytics and Twitter and Facebook are throwing right in your face are like sort of the, the ones that are held up to you and saying like, this is how good you are. And it doesn't mean that, you know, and you, I like the way you put it. You have to determine which ones actually matter and just that work of like, okay, which ones actually matter? Like, so for us, we're a company where like our brand being respected is more important or is, is really high on the list. I mean, revenue is up there high on the list as well, but we don't, we wouldn't, we can't whore out our brand. It just doesn't feel like us to do things that are sleazy or douchey for the sake of, of more revenue. So there's this real balance that has to go on with these things. Um, and, and that's the nature of this beast, even though it's digital and you could tell the, the, the only difference between this and like a real life, you know, the actual brick and mortar business is, is everything's got a dot on a freaking graph here and, and you can chart it over time and all this stuff. And so it, it, it's going to make you feel like it all means something, but it only, you can, you can, you forget that you can choose which parts matter and which don't. You can choose what kind of business you want to build. And I love that. That's a great reminder. Yeah, that's good. 
Corbett, you go. Yeah, so I'm going to extend that or go a little bit beyond that or, or deeper into it for people that are just starting out. Um, mine was that in the beginning, you should focus on interactions instead of metrics entirely. Because you're really, at that stage, trying to identify your true fans, the people who comment and email and rave about what you're doing. Because that proves that you have had a major impact on at least one single person. And you'll never notice that if all you're doing is looking at Google Analytics or how many Twitter followers you have or some other big aggregate stats like that. Those things don't tell you if you're really having a deep impact. And that's what you want to have. And I think... Uh, you know, we've heard this advice from the startup gurus like Paul Graham and people like that. Really, you want to focus in the beginning not on those big aggregate growth stats because you're not going to have much growth to begin with anyway. What you want to do is focus on the interactions and really try to encourage people to comment and to pay attention to when people email you. And if you're moving the needle in that way with at least a handful of people, that's usually a good sign that you're on to something that can become bigger. Yeah. I like that. I, I, it, so it it reminds me of that uh, do things that don't scale post from Paul Graham mm-hmm. about at the beginning. Just don't worry about scaling. Have meetings with people. Shake people's hands. Like talk to each one of your customers individually. Send an email out to everyone that comments on your blog. Do whatever to increase those interactions. To dis- to learn as much as you can to discover what they're in this for, what their goal is, and what their what their challenges really are, because it can be really incredibly valuable later on down the line. I think that's a really good. Good reminder. Uh, I'm going to put that in show notes, by the way, the, the do things that don't scale. Think you're just, up next, Barrett? Just want you guys in there. Yeah, so mine's kind of a playoff of both of the last two, which is that once a month or quarter, you should do two things. The first is measure the engagement with what you've already written. And that could be using what Corbett just said and saying, okay, how many emails have I gotten this month or quarter based on what I've written? Or how many tweets have I gotten at me saying that, you know, people really enjoyed a post or it changed the way they do something. Or you can jump over to the Fizzle blog and use uh, Chase's template for running the report for how engaged your posts or how engaged people were with each of your posts. But then I think the second part is really key with this, and that's that you should adjust your strategy according to what you learn. Because if all you're doing is looking at stats or looking at engagement numbers and you don't change anything, or you don't keep doing more of what's working already or experiment with new things, then it's useless. You're just wasting your time. You might as well not do it. Uh, So once a month or quarter, check your engagement numbers or whatever stats you're tracking, and then set a strategy for the next month or quarter based on that. Mm, I like that. Yeah, that's good. It's funny. It's funny you're you're saying, like, you know, looking at the stats, but uh, that second point being you've you've got to also make changes based on what you're learning from the stats. And sometimes you, I just need to be told that. You know, I can look at stats and, and just feel like, oh, we didn't do very good last month, and, it just, and I end it there. Or, oh, we did great last month, I end it there. Instead of saying, like, what was good about it? What was bad about it? What can we change this month about it? And I find that for me, as the sort of, for lack of a better term, the creative or artistic type, like, I, I don't go directly to improving as much as I go directly to an assumption that, oh, I'm not very good at this. Right. Or, or right. I'm good at this. <laughs> you know and what I mean? That's the danger of stats and metrics and things in general. Before I look for any data these days, I try to ask myself, well, if I get that answer, how am I going to act on it? What is that going to do for me? Am I just going to yeah. be like, oh, that's nice, or oh, that's a bummer? Or am I going to be like, oh, I understand, like, I should change this and that based on that data? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. Caleb? Yeah, you're up now, Chase. Me? Yep. Uh, okay, so first for me was voice. Second was is value. Going to double V. Going v, double V on the, on the one and two. Okay, so if voice is going into the darkness and finding the truth about yourself or, or learning the confidence to speak with your own sort of voice instead of trying to be a Seth Godin or a Paul Graham or a Gary Vaynerchuk or instead of trying to put on the garb of someone else, it's this confidence to uh, based on your own journey to like be yourself. Um, people people will stick around for that, but they don't come for that, right? They come for something that's valuable. So Merlin always used to say, people come for the topic and they stay for your voice. Uh, and I and I, re- I, li- I like that. I resonate with that. So the second point being about value is this, sen- this, this brutal, brutal recognition and awareness that nobody gives a shit about you. 
about who you are, about where you come from, about any, you're not entitled to anything just because you started up a blog post and suffer with, you know, ADD or something like that. No, you're, you're not entitled to anything. Okay. But what, what you can do is take your voice and look at a, a, maybe, for example, a real problem in your life and talk about this in such a way that, that someone can find themselves in your story. Right, Or you can say, this has been my struggle with ADD. I'm going to talk all about it. I'm going to talk about the things that have changed in diet and in this, that, and the other, and in medicine, my, my experiences with these sorts of things, just so that you have a better idea because I was searching, searching, searching. I couldn't find anybody that I trusted on these subjects. Everything was a WebMD or something like, like, something like that. Now we're talking about creating something that's useful, that's valuable. And that was that. I blogged for a really long time before I got that. Uh, and it changed everything uh, about about how i per- pursued things from that point on once i saw that once i realized that truly uh nobody cares about me and that's a launch point that's not a that's not a terminal that's not you don't end there you start there you know um it's it was liberating and it was good so these two are constantly in tension with one another voice and value because i can be so valuable that i lose myself um, in which case I don't have a point of view and I, I'm not actually the kind of voice that you would trust. Uh, and I can also be so myself that you can't even find yourself in it. Um, so there's this interesting tension between those two that for me has been probably at the core of my struggle as a, as a whatever, a, a writer for since the beginning. That, that took a really long time to understand that both those things existed and they both needed to be full 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 t capital t true at <laughs> they they're both on they don't they don't one you don't turn one on and one off at the different times make sense yeah that's yep. great i love that I, way of looking at it yeah absolutely i had a related one which was well i had two related ones can i just go caleb yeah, am do i allowed to do share them i'll allow it the gentleman the was, from atlanta has the floor yeah yes. woohoo <laughs> so I have a few points to make about the gentleman from California's statements. Down here in the South, boys. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, wait, a, can I get another mint julep? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, the first one was that there's a fine balance between writing what you want to write and writing what your audience needs. So that kind of directly relates to what you said. And if you can yeah. find the intersection between the two, I think everyone is happier. Uh, so that's number one. And the second one was... If you ever hope to build an audience, then your blog better not be your diary. Um, and if it is, then your life needs to be as interesting as Tucker Max or as the t- the duo that wrote 40 Days of Dating. You know, those are examples of people who basically wrote biographies or diaries on their blog and built an audience. Most people can't do that, though. So yeah. you need to find a way to be valuable to your audience as opposed to saying, look what I did today. Yeah. And I do, I mean, there are really successful blogs where people are, ju- are just talking about their experience, but it's that bit about, I think it's that bit about, uh, you know, who, who was it? Who's the, the, uh, Jack London said, you know, in the, in the specific, you'll find the universal. Like I can tell this one story of, I can tell the one story of, of my second son, Rowan, and every person who's lost someone they've loved can find themselves in it, which is just about every person who lives past 35. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And, and so there's that, there's that. This this balance between uh, uh, what you're saying, like you can't. It's not just a diary for your own sake. That's interesting, unless you're getting, you're, unless you're just you're uncovering something truthy, and you've, you're you're fighting for something in in yourself that other people find and and get inspired by, and start to do some of their own searching or start to feel alive in their own story because of it. That's why I think. That's why I think blog is part of why I love blogging so much because most like there's there's I have a lot of friends who are like Apple bloggers. And they're like, what do you think we'll put out next? And well, this is what I think about the watch, and it's it's cool. I mean, there's a whole industry around it. These guys are actually earning a little bit of money and doing the things. Um, but it's nowhere near as interesting to me as like, for, for instance, I've read a lot, I read a lot of memoirs and memoirs is just a diary, but for some reason there's this, there's this other thing to it. They're teaching me how to understand myself more. Mm-hmm. So when I read something from Donald Miller or, or Annie Dillard or something like that, I really, uh, there's some, uh, there, I, and I don't really know how to explain it, but it, that's probably one of my favorite things to read for the, and certainly my favorite thing to write because it just feels so truthy that way. Yeah, and there's so, you know there's kind of like it's really hard to describe actually the difference between um, a diary post about you and a diary post about your audience. 
It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like just, hard to get to, I, really. I don't think so. I think um, there just has to be a lesson where you literally turn your language from, I did this, I met this person, this happened to me, to, and here's how that affects you. And you literally use different pronouns. You're talking about I, me, my, and then you turn to using the word you in your post. Yeah. That's a good you know si- signal, I think, that you've turned the attention to the right uh, in the right direction. And that's really what you need out of a story is, okay, great. Cool story, bro. Now, how does that apply to me? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I mean, a good example of this is like having a tech problem. I tried to install homebrew and I couldn't get it to work. Cause I don't understand, you know, the terminal, here's what I learned and here's how I did it, or here's exactly how I did it. And the mistake that I was making. So now you're talking about, you're literally talking to yourself. Like I, I'll write a lot of these posts as a note to myself in the future. When I get a new computer mm-hmm. and I try to install homebrew again, and I'm just like, please God, t- I hope I wrote about this, you know? And then you search and you actually find it. And those are the posts that end up getting a ton of traffic. I mean, worst kind of traffic. It's like that. It's it, they're bad. It's bad traffic because it's not worth worthwhile at all. Uh, except for the fact that it's extremely helpful for the person trying to install MAMP on Parallels in their Mac or something like well, that. It, you know, the, it doesn't mean those you, sort you of couldn't things. build something around that though, because that is that oh, is no, really totally. useful. Yeah, you're totally right. But but the, just the point being, like, it's a great little example of you know this. This is how I scratched my own itch uh, doing my own thing. Yeah. And and then someone else finds that to be well. It's in, like it's on the same journey. It's like you know? um, Chris Coyer with the CSS tricks. Yeah, he does a lot yep. of that kind of stuff, and that's been really useful. Have you guys ever found David Walsh name? That's a great no. blog with just a bunch of tech tips, and that guy's built like a really big audience based on kind of really? exactly what you're talking about, Chase. Um, yeah, I mean, because I'm how many times have I searched for that sort of thing? Right. And that, now I end up landing on a you know a, a Stack Overflow or something like that all the time. And even then, they're like still talking above my head, above my pay grade. Now, somebody that um, does a really good job of telling stories and then revealing like why that's useful to his audience is James Altucher. Yep. Yeah, I was he, just thinking of him. Yeah, he pretty much just starts every post with a really in depth story, and he's an engaging storyteller, and he has a lot of really interesting stories. They're so interesting that you might read them even if there wasn't something for you in it. But then yeah. he does a great job of kind of pulling out the parts that apply to his audience. Yeah, the guy's so frenetic. Mm-hmm. That goes back you know? to the storytelling point, though. It, you know, there's an arc to it. And, yeah. and if you can entertain in that way, that's completely different from a diary entry, right? Yeah. And I think that's maybe the key there. You know who has a lot of thoughts? I've been, I've been catching off on... Uh, Turns out I was like 25 episodes behind on comedians and cars getting coffee. Mm. You know, this Jerry yeah. Seinfeld will pick someone up and take them on a thing. The, I have a couple gripes with this thing. First of all, the second, second series or whatever season, it's really well done. Like he clearly got paid, got a lot of money from Acura to do it. And, uh, and you'll, you'll, if you watch one of them, you'll realize exactly why it's accurate because he, he, in the middle of like, he'll make some bit about the product placement in there. Like he was on the one with Tina Fey and he was looking around going, Hey, is this my, Oh, that looks like it over there. He pulls up to an Acura and he goes, Hey, quick question. Are you the product placement? And she goes, well, yes, I am. And he goes, Oh, perfect. <laughs> and then he drives off. <laughs> and then, uh, but, but he's a guy who, um, who always it, his, for him it's all about you have this uh him and Jay Leno this commitment to the audience to be interesting right and now you compare that with a guy like Mark Marin who is who is someone that I've followed a lot and that I actually really love or have loved and uh he his commitment is to himself to discover the truth and he has all these insecurities that force him to do it in front of people, <laughs> you know. Yep. And because he gets, he never, he's never higher than when, than when he's on that stage, um, you know, because he's really great at it. And these, I'm, I realize that there's these two things uh, battling in me because, like, so Jay Leno is a comic that a lot of us, uh, you know, a lot of like, so our baby boomers absolutely still love Jay Leno because he came up then. Same thing with with uh, David Letterman. They had they, this this work ethic thing that they had, and it's just a bit about about success that's very different than a lot of the more like niche artistic vibe comedians that I kind of grew up with. Do you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm just trying to get uh, to relate this back to uh, where we were in place. And <laughs> well, I just I'm watching I'm watching uh, Jerry Seinfeld have this really different mindset about well, I guess for lack of a better term, content. 
than the comedians that I've li- that I've literally studied. Like I found like droppings of theirs in the in the sewer, and I'm like, oh wow, look, he's had some corn. Like I just study <laughs> so many of these, uh, and I I get them, and I'm watching Jerry Seinfeld in that same light, and realizing he's so very different. It gets to this point about some people have this real drive towards like I have no, you can't do that. That's not interesting. That's not interesting. And I have this other drive that's like I can make interest anything that i'm going through interesting because i'm super interested in it you you know like there's just this this balance between those two things and sometimes i'm wondering if there's not two different personality types or kinds of ways of doing it that people might fall into one camp or the other anyways all that to say like 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 uh, derek halpern is more of a of a seinfeld type where he's not interested in figuring out like cutting himself open and seeing what color his blood is as much as he is getting the results that he's looking for yeah yeah. You know, and I'm much, I, I, I would be super poor, but like, I, I would be really successful, successful in my head if the people I respected would look at me as, and say, like, I like the way you've done that. You've really found the truth. You've helped me X, Y, and Z, right? Like, I'd be more, that is more my definition of success than, than any, any revenue or traffic. So that's how, that's what my results would be, which means so I go out at a different way. The point being, like, this voice value, debate this voice value uh whether it's a teeter-totter or a or an orbit or something like that wildly important at least to me it's been the central question throughout this whole thing um i don't would you guys say the same i think so um i think it's really easy to get wrapped up in it as a concept though and to kind of not know how to resolve that tension and so a lot of my future tips in this series are a little bit more practical because you can you can sit there every day and rack your brain about well how much value am i bringing and how true yeah. am i being to myself and that's a yeah. good question to ask but i don't think it really tells you practically what to do to resolve that tension and to know whether or not you're having the impact that you need to have yeah it's it's so true there's this real like utilitarian balance like i, I think there's like a there's a <laughs> so there's Jerry Seinfeld on one side on the left there's, you know, someone else who, like a bleeding heart, like Mark Maron type on the right, or or me if if that's the voice that it represents to you. And right in the middle is just like a grandpa, <laughs> or like a just like a uh, 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 <laughs> someone who works with wood, a carpenter. He's like, well, yeah, we'll just get the work done. <laughs> Do you know what yep. I mean? Where it's like it's both it's both important and just work. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always envy those guys. I wish I could just do that naturally. Sure. Okay, so that's the value voice thing. We can we can move on from there. Corbett, you sounded like you have some like specific uh, sort of tactical who's, bits. Who's driving here? Well, you can go next, Corbett. Oh, thanks. Caleb's clearly, <laughs> clearly driving. I'm just in the, the pedals, back going like... The backup pedals are also on Chase's side of the car, though. He can speed up and slow down the car whenever he wants. Yeah, oh, this like is like a driver's school. test. Driver's test, yeah. School. Just Got boom, it. slam on the brakes. <laughs> Got <laughs> just it. Like, nope, you <laughs> almost hit a pedestrian. Yeah. Um, okay, so along the lines of of figuring out, you know, where your value and voice sort of lie and where you need to be on that spectrum and any other spectrum that you're thinking about. Just trying to make a breakthrough, basically. We talked about this, I think, in the last episode about you know how most people get stuck in a rut and they keep doing the same thing over and over again, hoping that they're going to get different results or that they're going to be discovered or that finally they're going to find the right audience without changing what they're doing. And I like to take a different approach and propose a different approach, which is that if you're not getting the results you want to get, you need to systematically try every different kind of post you can. And what I mean by that is try writing something really short, you know, like Seth Godin style, or try writing something really long, like uh, Scott Dinsmore style. Try writing once every two weeks, you know, or try writing five times a week. Try writing something that's intimately personal about your own life. Try writing something that's very impersonal. Um, try writing a rant, try writing something that's really thoughtful, maybe with academic research to back it up and just try all of these different things. Try headlines that are really verbose and try headlines that are formulaic. You have to push the boundaries in all of these different ways to feel whether or not that style fits on you. So you get to Mm. sort of see what your voice is like in these different modes. And then you also get to see is this more valuable to my audience? Is this more what they want based on, again, their reactions? And this kind of relates back to my other point. Don't focus on big metrics. Focus on what sort of reaction does this get from people? You know, how many people are emailing me literally about this post? 
how many people are uh, leaving comments on the post, how passionate do they feel in the comments that they're leaving. And that's a great way to know, oh, you know what? I wrote a rant about something that was just bothering me, and it got this massive response. Maybe there's something here. Maybe I should pursue that, and maybe that's in the right voice value sort of direction that I want to go. Yeah. No, I think that that's a that's a really good way of of putting it. Yeah, it's it's a good little tag on. So, what if you don't know where you are in this in this voice value spectrum? You got to try some stuff out. And it makes me think of. I mean, I don't have this on my list, but I wish I didn't know if I if it should be or not. Well, well, are sense, you adding? Hold on, wait, wait, list? Yeah. wait. Well, no, this is a good conversation. Throwing the flag Let's on keep the field going. here. <laughs> but this idea that like. um Ever since I, I heard, like, I saw some, like, Duarte presentation or something, uh, it, it's this concept that, like, an idea, I was getting at this in the last episode, what if, what if there's something that your blog was fighting for that was more important than you or your revenue or your things? Of course you have to get those gluten-free crackers. Of course you have to provide for your family and do the things, right? Duh. Of course. But what if you're fighting for something that's re- that you really, that you believe is really important? In a small way, it might be that like, you know, too many people are using blunt kitchen knives and we really need to get them to learn how to sharpen their knives by themselves. And that turns into blogging about it and, you know, reviewing products that are sharpened knives, eventually to making your own or partnering with someone and having a knife. Who knows what? It could happen. But the, the point being, when you when you change that gear to where like what could work? You know, this idea of like, I'm trying all these different things to see what could work, what gets interactions. Well, uh, you know, you could, I know you could get a lot of interactions, uh, by doing certain kinds of things, but that might not be what you care about or what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So this is again, another point for the, another place where you have to kind of wrestle with, with, uh, you know, something that you care about and trying to get the reaction around, around those kinds of topics. That's me. Nailed it. That's not even a point. That's not even a point. That's just a tag. That's just a tag. That's like 7A or whatever number we're on now? Yeah, exactly. So Uh, next I'm going to say be in a mastermind group, which mm -hmm. has actually nothing to do with actually writing or running your blog or anything to do with your website. But I don't think that if I hadn't have joined a few mastermind groups that I'd be where I'm at today. Oh, Mm. I like that. I like that. I mean, so, I mean, what, what would be your advice for someone who's like, oh, that sounds like a good idea? But they don't have a person to jump in with. I would find there's a few ways you could go. Number one is if you're in Fizzle, we have a f- sub forum for finding people to join a mastermind group with. Another way is just to pick one other person and just have an accountability partner. So have one other person maybe that is an entrepreneur also or is into blogging as well. And you guys can bounce ideas off each other, keep each other accountable. You basically just need to find people that you get along with mm. that you can also have an accountability partnership with because I've been in mastermind groups in the past where they've kind of fizzled out because I just didn't really know the people. Yeah. And it, once I had a rapport with some people, specifically Barrett, who was on this call, is in a mastermind group with me. We've been in a group for over two years and we met at World Domination Summit. Mm. So we met each other first and then it was like, okay, let's do a mastermind group instead of cold emailing someone and trying to make a mastermind group that way, which can work, but not as easily. Yeah. I like that all these all these things are innuendoable, right? There's a mastermind group. I met him at WDS, and then he cold emailed me. Mm-hmm. But then everything changed once he squandered my launch. Oh no, <laughs> Chase! I'm curious. Um, so just a groan. So Caleb and Barrett and I are all big fans of mastermind groups, and we attribute most of you know what we've been able to accomplish to those groups. But I don't believe you've been in a mastermind group. Is that right? I think mastermind groups are cute. Uh, so no, I don't, I don't really, I do kind of, but, uh, I have, I have a like a real loose, I, I've kind of dreamt about it most of the time. I've been in groups before, like, a, like, like church groups where it's like, it's a handful of guys getting together to talk about, Hey guys, keep together, stay strong and try not to masturbate this week. You know, <laughs> like, but then I've been, uh, then there's been like loose, uh, I was like, like here, I was just at lunch with two guys who run, who run companies. Uh, I, I, I really admire both these guys. And, uh, and we get to just have like lunch every now and again and like have the heart to hearts. Like this one was all about depression and trying to think through like, I don't know. Like I've built this thing. I have 25 employees and I, I just kind of, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to, like, why, why keep going with this? Right. Those kinds of things that really excites me and interests me. Um, for me, if, if, if like, 
normally I have a to do list that's that's already too long. I'm motivated enough to get most of that done. There's there's tons of ways for me to be way more productive. But produ- productivity is a part of the problem for, for me in some ways, you know. So someone saying, "Hey, did you do that thing?" and me going like, "No, I got really wrapped up in this book that saved my life." So I I have uh, that just gets confusing in some ways. Now that's a cop out. That's a cop out answer because I've never really done it like a real deal. But it's also a cop out because I have a, a like faux mastermind group that we've never called ourselves a mastermind group. You know what I mean? There's like six guys here in Portland that we all kind of like. I'll meet with these two, and then another time it'll be another couple or this one on top of his roof smoking cigars or whatever. It's like it's it, it's this nice loose natural. Way yeah, you're just it. you're not getting the you're getting. Part of it. So part of a mastermind group is that, you know, sharing, well, I built this thing and now I'm not sure that I even like it. We built this city. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that every time. In a moment, you just go like, yep, let's sing a song. Like you're just fucking super ready to get way into Built This City or Wilson Phillips or whatever came to my mind just then. That was one of my favorite uh, parody songs. I I feel like I made it up. I'm not sure, but I I did it... um, I did it to, uh, the words were, we built these titties on silicone instead of we built this city on rock and roll. That's amazing. It goes pretty well together, actually. It, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tight fit. I know. <laughs> okay, you're saying I've only had, I've only had some so, of the But the other, the other part is just the nuts and bolts. So there's the, the pie in the sky stuff, and there's the commiserating and the exploring the deep, dark truths of what it's like to build yeah, a business, and yeah, that's really important. Yeah. The part that you're not getting is the accountability and just the you didn't get that done, why not? You know, you have yeah. you you can lie to yourself all you want about why you don't get something done, but at the yeah. end of the day there was something else that took precedence over it and half the time it's probably yeah. sitting around navel gazing or whatever. And, and for me though, I mean, I get a lot of that from you guys. Right. Right, we say we have these stand up meetings, we have this like we go through a thing, all right, Chase, you're going to take over this and and now it's like, oh shit, I let Corbett down. You know what yep. I mean? If if I did if I didn't do it, so I, I think a lot some of that's built in, uh, and and I kind of hold myself to like, like the, uh, every internal dialogue inside of of this thing that I call me is fighting is like already saying like you're not doing enough or or that wasn't good or you know it's a lot of that that kind of stuff. Um, whereas what I really need help with is probably like like is that really what you really want to do? Is that is that does that feel like Chase to you? Does that feel like you know th- those kinds of reminders yeah. over time end up being really helpful? Yeah. So all that to say, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I have a ton ton to to gain. No, and I, and and I and I agree completely. I think the situation is different when you work on a small team. If you can, if you can open up to that small team, and you feel like you get to share enough about your own career as well, because a mastermind group is really useful for being able to say. This is what I need, not this is what my company needs or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's great for individuals, obviously, and for a lot of people that are in small companies as well. I think if you aren't able to really talk about your own career and what you're trying to do, then a mastermind group makes a lot of sense. And I, I will say it. I know I've said it before, and I'm sure Caleb and Barrett will say the same thing. I think that's the most valuable thing you can do as an entrepreneur is to join a very intentional, I'm not saying casual, we have lunch once a month or whatever, a very intentional, we meet every week to uh, tell people what we're working on, to find out um, how we can help each other, and to very specifically uh, write down what we're going to work on over the next week, and then when we come back together to explain why we did or did not get that thing done. Man, that's a that's a that's a hell of a little outline right there. I think mastermind groups all over the country should write that down exactly what you said. Barrett's written yep. it down before. I have written, He's it, written down it down. Yeah, and, and and it should be said that this is uh, something that we do take. We we do do a lot of work on in Fizzle. I mean, Barrett, you're constantly helping people connect within Fizzle and and. Caleb, you mentioned that there's a whole forum thread mm-hmm. uh, for that, and, and we should say it. We're going to have an ongoing special for for Fizzle Show listeners that where you get six weeks for absolutely for free of Fizzle. We want you to get in, kick the tires, see what it's like. Uh, the URL there being, uh, I guess, fizzleshow.co uh, slash try. That's right, fizzleshow.co slash try. So that's the only way to get it. We're, and we're not even going to put it in the text of these posts. We just want you to... to it's an Easter egg if, if you listen this if far If you in. listen to it, yeah. yeah. So um, at that point, here's, what, here's what's going to happen now. We're going we're gonna, to uh, have to come back to this conversation next episode, okay? But the Ooh, next time we record, Barrett isn't going to be able to join. So Barrett, could you close us out with the rest of your list? Yes. Le- and this has to be like David Letterman style. I'll yeah. do it. I'll do it quick. 
The first thing I'll say is even in Fizzle with mastermind groups, the number one tip I give people who are serious about finding one is to be proactive and go ask real people who you know or know of and who know you or know of you to be in your group. Because it's just like getting married. You're not going to go out and magically sit on a chair at a bar and have somebody ask you to marry them. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't happen. So you have to go find the people you want. Did happen that one time to you though, Barrett. Yeah, I know that time, but we don't go there, okay? Yeah. Uh, All right, so I've got four left here. The first one, and this is probably a personality thing, but I believe research is your friend when you're blogging. Um, If you want to be a pro at what you do, I think that if you don't know what else is out there on the topics you're trying to cover, it's very, very hard to be different, better, and special in the way that you're writing. And so for me, you have to find your voice first. That's key. Don't go do research if you don't have your voice yet because you're going to sound like everybody else. But if you know your voice and you write in your voice, then go do research to know what questions aren't being answered on the topics you're trying to cover because then you can become the most valuable. And I think that's really helpful. Got it. Love it. Second one is if you can't think of anything to write about, schedule a meeting with somebody that's either a reader of yours or somebody who's in your target audience and go talk to them about their life as it relates to your topic. And your job in that meeting or call or whatever is to ask good questions and then shut up, do more listening than talking. And if you do that for an hour, you're going to have a million ideas about what to write and you shouldn't have any more writer's block. Yeah. Uh, the third one is write as if you have 10,000 people reading your posts from the very first day, take it that seriously because it matters that much. And if you wouldn't do it with 10,000 people reading, don't do it now. Mm. And once you have 10,000 people reading your articles, write as if every one of them is a human that cares and that is coming to you because they have something on the line. So that's number three. And then the last mm-hmm. one is um, think about your writing today in terms of the body of work you want to have five or 10 years down the road. So if you know what you want your body of work to look like, then every post you write or many of them should be building towards that body of work in some way. Whoa, that's a really good question, actually. What do you want your body of work to look like five, ten years from now? Mm-hmm. I mean, I do a lot of work to think about what do I want my body to look like? Yeah. Then. <laughs> but what about your but body of work? What about, what about my body of work? And a lot of people say, like, your body's working so hard, I thought that was your body. Damn, girl. Like, nope. Nope. That is just <laughs> that is just my buns. No, that's, that's a really good one, Barrett. And I feel like that yeah. would would um, prevent people from making a lot of wrong turns along the way and um, making a lot of half-assed decisions about starting this thing or that thing because it feels like an opportunity as opposed to this is the thing that I believe in and that I that I feel I will uh, be still passionate about 10 years from now. Oh, man. Okay, keep going, Barrett. That was the last one. That was the last one? Yeah, hey, that was the last one. Oh, what does he win? That's great. He wins. Uh, he wins. Another uh, day on the Fizzle team. He wins a rollabout with my body of work. Um, <laughs> another day on the fizzle team. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Uh, hold on. I have to say this. Uh, a, a, a person named AMC Moore on Twitter. Let me, uh, Angela Moore uh, from amcmore.com writes me on Twitter. She says, hey, I'm listening to an interview you did with Eric Fisher. And my 10-year-old says, hey, it's Chase. Then she sang the Fizzle podcast intro. What? <laughs> to, sorry. <laughs> she, and she continued to say, I was like, no way. And she says, no, yep, I've listened to all the back episodes. And she asked yesterday if there are any new ones out yet. I think it's withdrawal. Oh, my gosh. That is so amazing to me. Mrs. Moore, I owe you some gluten-free crackers. Uh, sorry, I, that was like a moment of like, I, I had to get it out. It, it, oh my God, oh my God. My body of work was trembling. So uh, <laughs> I think uh, we have to call it quits on this one, but we're going to be back next week with, uh, sounds like a hell of a lot more tips because I, I've only done two. And <laughs> I think we've all done just about three. And so we've got lots to go through. This is, this is going to be good. Maybe we, maybe we just keep keep rolling we on this so topic much for the next Let's do three top months. 10 for years. Yeah, exactly. I have been Chase Warbin Reeves. I've been Corbett Lee Barr. And I've been Caleb Wojcik. <laughs> I have been Barrett Allen Brooks. Oh, Caleb throws the and in there. He throws the and. He's yeah. like, he's like, and I've been Barrett. What? Uh, all right, we'll end it there. <laughs> <laughs>
I had like literally oh. like a brain fart. Oh. Like my, I I can smell oh, that okay. brain fart. Oh god, that's <laughs> so, can you leave right, it? Uh, we'll let it. We'll just end it there, and then it's laughing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So there you have it. Listen, go over to fizzleshow.co slash 73, where you're going to find a handful of links, everything we mentioned in the show, and conversation about the show. Specifically, you'll find that, that analytics, my favorite analytics report. I wrote a post about it, exactly how to do it. It's a very simple report to run that uh, I just, it's frankly, it's the only one I ever look at. So, there's that. Also, I'm totally anticipating putting these top 40 uh pieces of advice into a downloadable book so if you're not already get on the email list you'll see it there on the sidebar at fizzle.co fizzleshow.co slash 73 f-i-z-z-l-e show.co slash 73 get on the email list and we'll notify you as soon as it's out here's a comment an itunes comment from tom norman 209 in the uk what can i say tom norman 209 says these guys make me wet myself laughing and yet somehow continue to share amazing insights into the shadowy world of independent entrepreneurship. <laughs> Thanks, Tom Norman 209 I'm glad we helped you with your dry skin problem, making you wet, laughing. It's just, I had so much fun reading that. Uh, I, had to, I had to bring that in to the show here. The Fizzle Show. It helps with psoriasis. <laughs> I love that idea. Listen, if you, uh, if you like this, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. Uh, I'm sure you can, you're bright enough cookie to figure out how to do it we read every single one maybe write up an intro for the show say something funny let us know what you think love to hear from you also we'd love for you to join fizzle.co this is the community we built over 1200 entrepreneurs they're the ones that won't let you quit as a listener of the show we want you we want to give you six weeks for free just to kick the tires check it out see if it fits if it doesn't cancel you won't get charged even a buck so just go to fizzleshow.co slash try. That's fizzleshow.co slash T-R-Y. The season is changing, folks. May you have a roof for the rain and walls for the wind. And may you find something solid to put your foot on as you take the next step. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. <laughs>